you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Made you swipe right on Tinder. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What? Oh, man. What's Tinder? Oh please. oh, please, Wes. We know you're plugged in on these things now because you're back in. <laughs> you're back in the market for a fish, and he's got a big catch on the line. That's what we're hearing. Listeners will notice a spring in Dan's step today because he's excited. This he likes Win Wes's toaster more than Wes does. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Win Wes's toaster is finally here. It's upon us. The great game of skill and valor uh, is coming up later today. After weeks of anticipation, Wes gets back into the ring. Uh, after a long layoff, uh, tries to rec- reclaim it all, reclaim uh, both, you know, a winning streak. He's on a one-game losing streak, of course. He wants to uh, quiet Greg, who's saying that, you know, you're on this losing streak and you want to show that I'm the guy I always was before that dark day against Greg. Chasing chickens, jumping rope, <laughs> climbing stairs, <laughs> Wake lifting me up. railroad ties, reading books. Wake well, me you up are. When it's over. You're facing some pressure. If you lose this, you become sort of a footnote. <laughs> it just becomes win toaster. The you game, need to win. And like Greg said, I love this more really than anything. If West goes down today, it's over. I mean, we can't continue it's over. this game. It's a charade. I wouldn't even dispute that. If yeah. I lose, I mean, I don't. It would become a charade. So that will come up later. And and because it's so important, that we're we're not gonna we're not gonna mess around and overpack the show. We are gonna get. Uh, we're going to do some news, as we always do off the top, and then we're going to get into the game. We have two great contestants uh, calling in, uh, I believe, via Skype. TD is doing yeoman's work behind the glass. Uh, really impressive work by the great TD, youngish Kobe, I call him. Uh, so let's get into it without further ado. And by the way, Mark, welcome back from Arizona. How oh, are yeah. You? Thank you. Any uh, Good to be back. Any final... Memories in Arizona, you know, I know there's the party with all the owners at it. We didn't ta- haven't talked to you since then. There's the owners, we were the wonder- GMs. We were wondering when Sessler was going to be let, let himself off the leash after all these early bed nights. I, I woke up, I fell asleep on the couch myself a couple of nights ago, and there were 37 texts from Sessler about all sorts of things. Oh, I said, Mark is out and about and probably near an open bar. That was the night of the party, and that is one event that I think the 12-year-old me would have melted into like 70 human body parts. Well, because, explain it to the listeners. <laughs> well, because you're in this gigantic, you know, tons of food and drink, all free, paid for by... Rog, and it's every head coach, every general manager, every owner, and all their families, and they couldn't be happier to stop and talk. I mean, it's this one little f- two or three hour scenario where it's open game. And not much media either, relatively. Yeah, compared to, they're, they're, you know, the media also is hands off. They're not being super annoying. Well, that's good when you work for the Shield, too. You get, you get behind, you get extra access. And there is an Easter egg on today's podcast if you wait. 20 minutes after the end of the pod, uh, Mark will do his power rankings of the 32 hottest uh, wives and girlfriends <laughs> <That's right. laughs> of the coaches, owners, and GMs. So 
Make sure you stay tuned for that. All right. <laughs> Without further ado, and welcome back, Mark. It's good to see you. TD, let's do some nows. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Shout out to my man, Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec. And uh, I think it's not, it might not be the most footballish of shows, but it's going to be a fun show. I'm calling it. This one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. So Bold prediction by TD. I like Podcasts that. Podcasts great. Radio's boring. <laughs> Love Tom Haverford. Uh, Aziz, I just watched his stand-up special. It was, I, was it good? I gave it an 84. Not quite. Rattling, <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, hopefully he doesn't B&B listen minus. to this podcast. Uh, he won't. In a time when you could watch literally thousands of shows, anything that's rated 84, not happening. I get you. I Skipping. get you. All right, let's get into some news before we get to the big game. And why don't we start? Uh, let's start in Washington where John Gruden, excuse me, Jay Gruden uh, has said that the Redskins are not afraid to hit the reset button at quarterback. Uh, on Wednesday at the NFL annual meeting, Gruden had this to say. Um, if they would pick a signal, signal caller in the draft, it's something we have to talk about in-house. Uh, me, uh, if we think it's worth the risk to hit the reset button, if he's that good a football player, if we decide in the building that he's a good a football player that we think we should do that, then we will do that. Uh, there is the question, and it's the one hanging over this whole franchise. They say they're still in on RG3, but I guess we'll know for sure mm. by May, right? I think, you know, when sometimes coaches come out in a press conference and they have, you know, they make a statement and then afterwards we said, well, that coach said that for a reason. I, I'm getting the thinking that Jay Gruden doesn't say anything for a reason. You know what I mean? He just kind of says whatever and Same then we things. read a ton into it, but it's really just kind of Jay Gruden talking off the top of his head. Especially when you get the you get the vibe with Jay Gruden that he is far from the one pulling the strings. If I had to name one coach in the NFL that had the least pull on his organization, wow. I would probably go with Jay Gruden. North right? of Joe Philbin, sure. Yeah, I would disagree cuz I think <laughs> Gruden I think Gruden has personnel Same. say, but it it this also reminds me of what he said earlier in the offseason where he said RG3 is our starter, and we made that into a big story. And the longer we've gotten away from that, the more I've realized, you, like, that's just something you he think said. You think he has personnel? Say, I, I, when, he's, when he named RG3 the starter at the combine, it was like he had a gun stuffed in his back. I mean, in terms of who's coming into the organization, free agency, who they're drafting, okay. I think he has gotcha. a lot, relatively. Well, I agree with you. I, I think you can take what Jay Gruden says at face value. He doesn't – I think his press conferences are the most uh, unpredictable of any coach in mm. the NFL. And they're a little fun for that reason. But I, I think he's been pretty consistent on this issue that he doesn't think. How can you watch RG3's game tape from 2014 and say he's our quarterback? I mean, it helped, if anything, to say that right after or at the Combine to st- stop the question from being asked over and over who your starter is. But the day before Gruden said this in Arizona, the general manager said the same thing. We are open to taking a quarterback at number five. Part of it is maybe for those who thought, you know, the Jets are our first team that we've got to get in front of to trade up and get a quarterback if someone's looking to get Mariota. Now you've got to go above Washington, it sounds like. Or you have to go to Washington. To Washington. So they're I mean, saying, they're, hey, we're trade. open for business. Yeah, he can he can say that with a straight face. Yeah. They have three quarterbacks, but wouldn't it make sense for them to hit reset? Like, if, if they like Mar- Marcus Mariota, wouldn't it make sense to draft him? Why yes. not? And it feels like uh, not that long ago, but... It is a while ago now, this 2012 investment in RG3. There's no sense now. You're not really prematurely uh, hitting a reset button. You've given it a shot and it's really falling apart. So uh, interesting to watch what comes out of there. In Nolens, uh, Sean Payton <laughs> is very excited about Mr. C.J. Spiller. 
Uh, he calls the running back who signed with the Saints in the offseason the most explosive player on the field when he looks at tape. And this comes after uh, Peyton acknowledged Mark Sessler that they took a close look at bringing back Reggie Bush. Uh, but ultimately, this is a C.J. Spiller offense, and they believe he's a perfect fit for it. I think it was interesting that they he noted that this that when he talked about explosiveness, that it had to do with the Chan Gailey season in 2012. He, he he admits that wasn't the case last year. I mean, Spiller's dealt with injuries, but that Spiller wasn't just chasing the money in free agency. He he and his agent wanted to find the best fit, and I think that we'd all agree that Peyton with the kind of running back that Spiller is, this is like a great opportunity for him to remake his his story at this point because it's been a while since C.J. Spiller was that guy. I mean, the last season that wasn't the case. Well, I think Sean Injured. Payton looks at the game tape and sees that Doug Marone and Nathaniel Hackett didn't use him correctly. Right. And like you said, the injuries. But he also said it reminded me of the Jim Schwartz telling Mike Silver a few years back about job at best. Some people watch eroticism. I watch Javid Best highlights to get <laughs> eroticism. Yeah, you know, whatever. Is that the word he used, or the well, word he's using as a substitution? Yeah, I'm using a substitution. <laughs> I never. I don't even remember that quote. That's a great one. Basically, when Jim Schwartz is watching game clips, he's got to put a sock on the doorknob. <laughs> wow. It's, it sounds like um, eroticism is like something like some conservative Baptist would say in trying to shut down like the library. Well, I think I said the real I, I said the real word on this podcast once, and it got oh. it got shut okay. down. We so hear I you. Got gotcha, you, buddy. We gotcha. hear you. I, there was a lot of interesting things you talked with uh, Sean Payton about eroticism, Mark about eroticism, uh, raising. <laughs> you know about eroticism, about hanging out in New Orleans. You know about the team. He he was yeah. very excited about Josh Hill. I mean, he to me really said. We made the Jimmy Graham trade at least in part because we believe we have a tight end in Josh Hill that can capably replace him. Well, and also, by the way, last year he couldn't stop singing about Traveris Cadet. So, you know, I'm not (laughs) sure I want to take everything he says in terms of fantasy value. But two years in a row, Peyton was the most interesting NFC coach outside of Chip Kelly who you couldn't even get a seat at because there were 6,000 people next to him. Peyton gets into details, and I think he does believe that They've reshaped this team with some young players. I, I've gone from thinking that Josh Hill wasn't a factor in the Jimmy Gray trade at all to thinking that now it certainly was a yeah. factor, that they like what they saw out of him last year. He is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. He runs a four six forty. He's tall. He's big. He can, he can jump. Um, and he's got all the tools. So I think that his emergence as someone who they think that can replace Jimmy Graham, not all of his stats, but can start. Yeah. I think that factored into the Wes trip. has to love this as a Spiller fan. He really did land C.J. Spiller in the absolute perfect place to remake his career. I do love it, and I think that Sean Payton echoed a lot of what I said. And it's funny, by the way, the first two players that we've talked about today in the news, RG3 and C.J. Spiller, their big breakout season was way back in 2012, so return to form is way overdue. Moving forward, here we go. Blake Bortles, who's the number three overall pick in the most recent draft, uh, had a very up-and-down rookie season. Obviously, didn't have a lot of support around him. Uh, but Gus Bradley, doubling down, he's all behind his second-year quarterback. Quote, he's everything we hoped for as far as mentally or mentality and competitiveness, he said Tuesday via the team's official website. I knew he was tough, but just how tough and how fast he would take over this team. Wes, you wrote about this on the Around the NFL site uh, do you think this is completely genuine or is there some uh, creep into the room a little bit like we need to say this regardless of how we feel? I think it is genuine. And um, I, I think that those things are very telling, the toughness 
and that he takes control of the room and the team has gravitated toward him as a leader, I think those are things that we can't tell from the outside, but Gus Bradley can tell. And I think that Gus, that Blake Bortles has one very huge flaw, and it's his mechanics, and he fixes that. He could be the quarterback we saw in preseason, whom we were blown away by. And I think for all the love that Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr have gotten, that Blake Bortles still has the highest ceiling of all these quarterbacks. Mm. The other thing for the Jaguars, if you are a team that went for years and years without a quarterback and having every offseason to think in terms of the draft and free agency about finding that player, if you have, and that certainly they're not about to go invest in another quarterback, you can put all your energy and resources into building the team around them. It just seems to get so much easier at that point. So if this is, I think it's genuine too because they never were down on him last season. He needed to correct some things. It's a long year to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL. You're playing more games. There's a burn. There's a lot on you. He survived, and I think he he does look up in year two. I mean, I it's, it, I'd love to have him if you're a team that needed a quarterback. Well, I think it's genuine because that's Gus Bradley. I mean, no one right. is more fired up about being seven and twenty-five in his career than Gus Bradley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. Well, I love know, I love Gus Bradley. I'm be just careful. Saying, Mar- like, Mark's in the room. Let's be careful. No, no, Gus I, the shine is off. They they are under pressure to win. But you, but it, what if they had if they had Josh McCown? That's I'm not even trying to be a dead. jerk about that. I really do like Gus Bradley, and I don't think their problems are really his problems. Bortles' problem, though, is that he can't throw short passes. He's not accurate. And That's, that goes back to the mechanics. It, it does, but I haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks come into the league like that that get that turned around. So we'll see. Maybe maybe they're able to, but if he, if he can't, he's going to be stuck as a mediocre quarterback. And finally, let's go to Tampa where uh, Coach Levy Smith confirmed during Wednesday's NF- NFC Coaches Breakfast. Mark, Sem- Mark Sessler is there, by the way. I mean, we're not talking about some drone in an office uh, plugged into Twitter. Home- journo. Homeboy was a straight-up journo down in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> Coach Levy Smith said this, and in Mark's uh, view, uh, on the subject of Mike Lennon, who's been speculated as a trade target. We've had the first pick, and we've been taking calls for a long period of time, and I assume that would go right up until the draft. Uh, Smith said, per the Tampa Bay Times, and Mark Sessler, come on, he was there. I just told you that. Yes, specifically on Glennon. So let me go around the horn here. Trademark infringement. Mark, Wes, <laughs> Greg, I'll start with you, Mark. Yes or no? Simply yes or no? Mike Lennon, a me- member of the Bucks, on May 2nd. No. Wes? No. Greg? Yes. Why? Why yes? Because he's still a member of the Bucks. They haven't found a trade offer hmm. worth doing it, and he makes sense as a backup for whatever number one pick they take. But what if a team that gets all you know geeked up about him offers, I don't know, a third-round pick? Then they might trade him. Well, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to get that It's been over offer. for more than a year he's been the subject of trade talks. And, and number one, like this was the young guy that the past coaching staff for at least a period of time said, this is our Blake Bortles, and we're excited about him. But there's no indication that Lovey Smith feels that way. If Lovey Smith's been honest no about way. a lot of stuff, he's been all over the map with Mike Glennon. The fact that he gave Josh McCown the job back last year really told you everything you need to know about Mike Glennon. I thought, as a Jets fan who's stuck in purgatory with the quarterback, I thought Glennon was a guy you could take a flyer on at the right price, a young guy with a good arm. Yeah, awful dancer, clearly, and maybe not the most photogenic QB, but a guy you can get in the building and make some plays and uh, you can get behind, but uh, the fact that he's st- continuing to stay with his team, I don't know. I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go with you guys. I think he's going to get moved uh, by a team that's de- desperate for a passer. Drinks on me tonight if uh, any of you can name the 
other quarterback on the roster other than Mike Glennon? There's only two in Tampa Bay right now. A Sims son? <laughs> no, not a Sims. Uh Let's see. It's just not going to happen. Is this Win West's toaster? GJ uh, Kinney. A little preview. <laughs> this is like the game, and you got it wrong. It's Philly. Uh, Seth Lobato. Oh, Lobato. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Lobato. How do you spell Lobato? L O B A T O. Lobato from Northern Colorado. I bet I he stinks. I think he made that name up. Uh, I bet he stinks. Uh, so you got to have a backup quarterback. Maybe maybe they're the team. They, they draft Jameis Winston, and you sign Mike Vick as his backup. How Why about not? That? How about this? You draft Jameis Winston. And you go get Josh Freeman off the pile, and you say, Josh, welcome oh, home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Terrible idea. Uh, that's what's happening. All right, Dan hands us here with the rest of the Around the NFL team. It is that time, gentlemen. We've been teasing it for weeks upon weeks. Everybody's favorite NFL-based game show. Win Wes's Toaster. Wow. Wes has been waiting for this moment for eight months. I'm not sure I would let whoever made this graphic, I would not let them make my toast. This is uh, the production elements are through the roof. It reminds me of uh, Wayne's World, the movie where all of a sudden uh, Noah's Arcade bought them out and they were in a set that looked like Wayne's uh, basement. Total parallel to that. I'm a little nervous. Also, um, you know, for those of you, and this is going to be on NFL Now and, you know, fans of the podcast, obviously, um, this will be the first time you watch the game show unfold. Uh, Win Wes's Toaster, which we've been doing for about two years now, much to Greg's chagrin, is a game of skill and valor. To well, it's, it's not a game. It's entertainment. Like the WWE is entertainment. This is kind of like scripted entertainment. People can just give belts to other people. All like right. It's not really the winner. We'll we decide that. who wow. keeps it. Oh, we'll explain what that means. But this is a game of <laughs> skill and valor to, de- to determine – uh, the trivia master of the Around the NFL domain, uh, named after Wes's toaster, which uh, is an NFL official NFL product that the winner of the toaster receive, uh, the winner of the contest receives. It had always been Wes. And uh, let's start before we get in. We have two great contestants uh, that TD has lined up on short notice. TD's doing a great job behind the glass. But I want to first uh, talk a little bit. How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'll start with Wes, who began this game. We've probably played it six or seven times now. Uh, a dominant run. More than that, even, I would yeah. say. Oh, yeah. Potentially yeah. more. Eight or ten times. Wasting anybody, any of our callers, any of our listeners that called in. Sometimes it got weird. There was one guy in Canada that was definitely under the uh, – the, uh, some type of substance, I would think. <laughs> Saskatchewan, wow. I believe Saskatchewan, yeah. Uh, but there have also been some close calls. And Wes always came out on top mm. until – out of nowhere, Greg Rosenthal to my right, who has always been steadfast in his belief that this game has no place uh, on this podcast. Uh, I've been the champion of the game. Greg always well, said no. Well, nothing says 2014 than a trivia show on, on like the radio. So we're basically <laughs> dialing it Greg's back like, 100 years. Greg's like, more football head talk. I want to talk more about guards. I want to talk about Josh Sitton. No, we want to play a game. So out of nowhere, Greg challenges West for the toaster. And a little, uh, I tripped down memory lane, TD. What happened? And Malcolm Smith had the interception in the NFC title game. That's wow. what I'm talking Four about. for Wes. That's five for Rosenthal. <laughs> Greg wins the toaster. Wow. It's over. Oh, my Go God. Go. Go to England. Gold oh. standard. End on this. Oh, no. The great tragedy has occurred in the oh. worst possible situation. All right. So that, I mean, that was the big, that happened, uh, I believe, last year sometime. Greg shockingly swipes the toaster from Wes, 
who was un- unstoppable to that point. Well, that was when I had my innocence and I thought this still was a game because the whole point was supposed to be when <laughs> West loses the toaster, the game is over. And right. I won the toaster. That's why I was saying, it's over, it's over, I'm and screaming. But happened? then I realized this is just kind of some sort of WWE <laughs> marketing thing where we just decide different storylines and we make up things. What like happened, that. though, Greg, what should be pointed out, is that the listeners of our show, who we love and adore, um, <laughs> spoke out. And they came out on Twitter in and, and droves and said, you cannot get rid of this game. It's too fun. So we christened it Win Greg's Toaster. <laughs> and Wes, uh, he, he faded into the background temporarily. Uh, and Greg stepped up, and the first time ever he defended the title, you know, it was a Buster Douglas night, knocks out Mike Tyson. And we all wondered if Greg would really like Buster uh, Douglas, get fat, stop training. Well, that's what I said. He was my model. Easily. The, <laughs> women in the, the women in the money was unbelievable. And this is what happened in Greg's first defense against Bernard from Brooklyn. Bernard is your winner. Bernard's got the toaster. <laughs> Bernard's got the toaster. <laughs> But I've got the toaster! The Giants win the pennant! Yeah! Wow. Greg, the old tomato can. So, Greg was not happy. Greg was legitimately surly after that, I remember. I blew Mike Jones, which I knew. That was why. Because it was a question I knew the answer to, and I just forgot. And then, Bernard, uh, you know, Bernard then... (laughs) So this, by the way, and this is this is a good look at w- really th- what it looked like. I mean, Greg, at the top of his game is Buster Douglas. They can never take away Tokyo West undefeated versus you know the champion one and zero. So and that's of course uh, West is. <laughs> you Tyson. look so smug in this picture. You do. It really it matches is, the way Greg yeah. has always looked at the game. Uh, and Bernard, after beating Greg, gives uh, West the toaster back in one of the great moves of all time in exchange for a Jets jersey. Uh, so now Wes is back in the possession of the toaster. But like Tyson, uh, after Tokyo, uh, after Tyson went away for a while, we'll just leave it there, and then came back <laughs> as Wes comes back today, uh, there were questions about whether he was still the same guy. Is Wes still the same proud champion after what happened with Greg? That great shame. Well, he's the only champion in history that's on a losing streak. After, One game. That's after, not a streak. After the long layoff. <laughs> And now Wes is back for the first time to defend his toaster. And uh, TD is uh, really on short notice. And what we like to do with TD is we put him on short notice and give him a task. I said, let's put this on, on, on video so our listeners can, can see how this all goes. And not only did he get it done, for the first time ever, we're gonna also going to have our first contestant that we could see via cyberspace. <laughs> the information the superhighway. Thanks, Al Gore. Uh, he is... Uh, what is his name? Who is this? Who is our first contestant? Let's find out. Contestant number one. Meet Nathan, a 28-year-old Packers fan and shareholder who spends his time watching America's Game and playing Madden. His favorite <laughs> around the NFL podcaster is Greg because yeah. he claims they share the same laugh. Whatever mm. with that. <laughs> if Nathan wins the toaster, he'll make his lady breakfast in bed with the team of her choosing. There he is, Nathan. Gentlemen. Hey there. What's up? How are you? I, I like the sound of you, Nathan. I, I think you're going to be the man to t- end this game, take Wes out, put him on a two-game losing streak. Guys, it, you, you, you you'd, uh, buried the lead. It's future NFL correspondent, Nathan. Oh, oh nice. All right. I like sort of- it. We're getting rid of this old thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He's got props. Hey, guys. 
guys. And as Nathan noted when we met him right before we started, you are it looks like where you're from is you're taking after someone. This is uh this is my Brian Billick uh man. <laughs> <laughs> I have my Skype set up here for my four o'clock, uh, you know, around the league, uh, you know, NFL <laughs> I have, today. Whatever I need to do, man, walk he's going and, coach's show to impress TD, mm. and he's already kissing up to the boss, so he knows how to I do like it. If I ever get, I know where the hey, I know where the power is, you know. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. And if I ever get one of these setups, like the home setups, I would definitely put something inappropriate in the background every show until I got fired. But it looks I have like my, you're... I have my, my Brett Favre crying on the cover of Sports Illustrated here <laughs> after Favre. So there's no bitterness whatsoever left in my, uh, in my heart here. Impressive. My very former, good. Uh, my All former right. hero. So, Nathan, thank you very much for joining us. And, bef- and uh, just hold, stick tight one second, Nathan. Wes, I wanted to check in with you and see where you're at. Uh, Mark, you've noticed, like, while we were getting set up here, uh, Wes is having some issues with the wire on his headset, and maybe <laughs> that's really a manifestation of, of a greater issue with Wes right now, a little anxiety. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've had to fight through, uh, you know, a forest of technological issues on the show in the past, but it seems today to have gotten Wes into a strange headspace. There's a cord on his headset <laughs> that's tugging gently at his cranium. It's annoyed him, so it's a factor that potentially puts Nathan in the driver's seat for an upset. Wes, where, where's your head at right now? How do you feel? Well, I think whereas Greg took the Buster Douglas approach, women, food, <laughs> yep. well, a lot of food, yep. alcohol, yep. no Drugs. training whatsoever. I've spent the last year since Greg beat me. I bet I've read 20 or 25 football books. Okay. I feel more confident than ever. I am a smarter man now than I was when I was tearing through tomato cans. I don't doubt the man. And I'll tell you something about Wes. Wes is a competitive man. I've played multiple games and sports with Wes at this point. He wants us in the worst way. Nathan, I, you do, I root for you as a listener, even though you, you cite Greg as your favorite uh, member of the team. That bothers me. It sticks to my ribs a little bit. <laughs> but, I, I second there's always room. There's always room for more. Okay. I'm, I'm, there I'm, is I'm, a possible, to take this Tyson analogy further, that you are Peter McNeely. It might be a little uh, before your time, but uh, the first guy that Tyson fought out of prison, and he completely he, he just pulverized him in a round. That's, take that as an insult, Nathan. They pulled that guy out of the bar. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> even a real fighter. You're no, better you're than fine. that. You're a you're shareholder. <laughs> he is a shareholder. Anyway, so here we go. Let's get into it. Do you know how the game works, Nathan? I do, I do. All right, I will. for those that have not uh, played the game or have not heard it before, it's uh, six questions to both Nathan and Wes. The same six questions. Nathan goes first. Wes will be sequestered uh, in a soundproof room. I put the Wes in sequester. I like that. Always <laughs> like that one. Uh, and, Mark, you are the official timekeeper. That's right. You always do a great job. Not always, but I'm going to today. Um, so, Wes, why don't we, why don't we see you, uh, well, you know, scram, basically. So now Wes will leave, and uh, Mark, as you know, it is 60 seconds for each competitor. Uh, You could pass and come back to a question, or you could deem when to get out, because the tiebreaker in the event of the same number of correct answers is the clock. Mm, That's how Wes got it back, or that's how uh, Bernard, rather. That's how Bernard got the toaster. Um, So here we go. How you feeling, Nathan? You nervous? I'm ready. All right, here we go. And this is how we'll do it. At the start of the music, when TD cues the music uh, or the, the ominous sound effects, Mark, you start the clock, and I start asking questions. You ready, TD? Let's do it, guys. All right, let's do it. Name the two wide receivers that went before Odell Beckham Jr. in the 2014 draft. Pass. 
This former Jet star is second on the team's all-time receiving list despite being legally blind in one eye. Uh, Don Maynard. Who is the NFL's career leader in sacks? Uh, that's um, Michael Strahan. Which coach, including assistants, has been coaching in the NFL the longest? Current. 30 seconds. Bill Belichick. The NFL quarter, this NFL quarterback was born in Santa Claus, Indiana. Drew Brees. This former All-American linebacker became a B-movie star after injuries derailed his brief seconds. NFL career in 1989. Um, Bubba Smith. You want to go back? Time. All right, time's up. All right, I don't... You know. mm. I, I thought we had a McNeely situation, and uh, Nathan, I'm sad to say. Hey, let's see. Let's see well, how let's it goes. See how, let's, Wes has to come in here and produce. So. Sad to say. You might have a McNeely situation here. <laughs> I, spent all my time, I spent all my time setting up the background. I just, uh... <laughs> hey, you got style points. Let's bring Wes back in. By the way, Dan, you should never – they always want to go back because there's no, there's no downside, right? I guess you, then you, what, you double pass. Well, the clock is a tiebreaker, mm. but in that case. Yeah. All right, here comes Wes back into the room. <laughs> Wes cutting the striking figures. His shoulders look great right now. His chest looks great. Nice body language. Uh, nice waistline. He looks fit is what I'm trying to say. He's been biking. He's been biking a lot. All right. Do you want to know how many Nathan got right? No, you won't tell me. I would not tell you anyway. All right, let's do it. Let's roll. Name the two wide receivers that went before Odell Beckham in the 2014 draft. Oh, come on. Why can't I think of this? Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans. This former Jet star is second on the team's all-time receiving list despite being legally blind in one eye. Dwayne Corbett. Who is the NFL's career leader in sacks? Uh, Reggie White? No, Bruce Smith. Sorry, Bruce Smith. Which coach, including assistants, has been coaching in the NFL the longest? Active. Bill Belichick? No, Dick LeBeau. Sorry, Dick LeBeau. This NFL quarterback was born in Santa Claus, Indiana. Jay Cutler. This former All-American linebacker became a B-movie star after injuries derailed his brief NFL career. Ryan Bosworth. Stop the clock. It is stopped. Let me just go to Greg as a judge here. Greg... Uh, the, he, he blurted out two answers quickly. He corrected himself before we moved on. Can we take the answers that he corrected? Well, who cares? He trounced well, the is, tomato can. This is important for knowledge. Spoiler alert. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yes or no, do we give him those points? Yeah, sure you give it. All right, four out of six for Wes. Uh, Five Nathan, out of six. Nathan, zero out of six. Ouch! Peter McNeely'd. <laughs> And that's when, you know, you get behind Greg and anything involving this game, bad things happen. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. I blame myself. Official tally, five? Uh, I think he got five, not, not, not uh, uh, four, got, by the way. You got two wrong, so that's four. Uh, Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, uh, for those I, that want to know, Wesley Walker. I'm an idiot. Oh, blind, Wesley Walker. Uh, Half-blind Jets player. And Bruce Smith is the NFL's all-time second. You got, that's, oh, you got, got that one? Right, Excuse yeah. me. Uh, Dick LeBeau is got the coach. That. You got that. Uh, maybe you did. Good job. Five out of six. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Nathan, thank you for thank you. I enjoyed that. I, maybe I should be the official score. Thank keeper. you for listening. I can have a role. No, I thought Greg kept score. That's why I kissed up to him. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Nathan is vanquished. Uh, just as I thought, moving on to our second contestant, TD, who we got? Contestant number two. 
Meet Matt, Vanilla Gorilla Davidson, a Seattle Seahawks fan who listens to the podcast while doing cardio at the gym because it gets him high. <laughs> Matt claims to consume only NFL-related media, and if he wins the toaster, he'll make a piece of toast for every matchup of the NFL season, eating the winners and feeding the losers to the birds. <laughs> wow. Wow, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Matt. Uh, carbo-loading on our behalf, and we love it. Got to go to the gym, you know? The Vanilla <laughs> Gorilla, you're my favorite caller already. I like this bread. I feel like we should just do that anyway. And more importantly, uh, <laughs> he's in an office setting, which is very, you know, you got to give it to him. Well, this is right on the company's dime. Risking like it that. all. Uh, Wes. Who's filling out the TPS reports while you're doing this? <laughs> I'm in sales. I'm not losing. I'm not making or losing money right All now. Right. Don't right. don't let Wes in your head, Matt. All right, Wes, why don't you uh, be gone? Uh, just so you know, Matt. Well, Wes- Matt looks like a big guy. He's a little intimidation yeah. for Wes here. Uh, as I said earlier today, Wes's body's looking great, but Matt looks like a guy that his traps are out of control. So watch <laughs> out, Wes. Uh, by the way, Matt, five nothing win for Wes in the first round. So he's feeling good. So just to give you an idea of what you're working with here, it's going to be a challenge. Can't do any worse, though. Exactly. Cannot do That's worse. Right. And I told Matt the rules before he came on. So, TD, at the start of the music, uh, we get going. Let's do it. Who is the general manager of the Tennessee Titans? Pass. How many times was Jerry Rice named Super Bowl MVP? Twice. Who recovered the loose ball after Brandon Bostick's onside recovery kick attempt in January's NFC title game? Matthews. This Hall of Famer and studio al- analyst starred as a heroic smoke jumper in the 1998 bo- box office dud Firestorm. Uh, <laughs> Who's the winningest coach in Raiders history? Lane Kiffin. No, uh, no, no, no. John Madden. Okay. Pete Carroll served as defensive coordinator for what team after being fired by the Jets in 1994? Patriots. Uh, do you want to go back? No. Ten seconds. Stop the clock. All right. It looks like you got two. Yeah. Uh, you got Chris Matthews did recover the That's ball, and John Madden. So two out of six. Yeah, the Carroll one I thought you might have as a Seahawks fan, but all yeah, right. It's, it's better than ways. zero. You never know. And not, not so, to my surprise about the, the Titans GM, I'll tell you that. Nobody right. knows that. Don't feel bad about that. Yeah. So put up a good poker face, Matt. <laughs> Don't let Wes know how you did. <laughs> All right. And here he comes, uh, the mm. defending, once again, defending mm. champion, coming off a dominant victory. But he will have to do better. I'll, I'll say this. I'd never tell you, Wes, how you got to do. You got to do better this time. Got to do better. Well, <laughs> got to do better. In fact, you want me to tell you exactly how much you have to do better. No, because you won't tell me. You're right about that. All right. At the start of the eerie Unsolved Mysteries Robert Stack music, we will begin. Who's the general manager of the Tennessee Titans? Rustin Webster. How many times was Jerry Rice named Super Bowl MVP? Once. Who recovered the loose ball after Brandon Bostick's onside kick a recovery attempt in January's NFC title game? Chris Matthews. This Hall of Famer and studio analyst starred as, the, as a heroic smoke jumper in the 1998 box office dud Firestorm. Pass. <laughs> Who is the winningest coach in Raiders history? John Madden. Pete Carroll served as a defensive coordinator for what team after b- being fired by the Jets in 94? Forty ers Do you want to go back? 
Yeah, the fire jumper. Yes. Uh, <laughs> stop the clock. That was your answer? No. Oh, the Hall of Famer and studio analyst. Ten seconds. This Hall of Famer and studio analyst starred as a smoke jumper in the 98 box office dud, Firestorm. Uh, Howie Long. Got it. Right on the nose. Wow. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six out of six. Oh, yeah. My Lord. Boom. Oh. You well. only needed three. but oh, Matt got go. two. And uh, Wes got every answer right there. So, Matt, well, listen, there's no, no shame. You put up a nice fight. You got a couple answers. But Wes, just out of control. Can't beat perfection, I guess, eh? Can't beat it. Matt, thank what it, you. What are you selling, Matt? Forest. All right. All right. I like it. I like that Get very back. much. Well, thank you very much for playing the game, and thank you for uh, listening to the show, Matt. You are a mensch. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Enjoyed right. that. All right. Well, listen. Uh, listen. I think Wes answered a lot. A lot of doubters yeah. and a little bit of humble pie served over to Greg, who I know is not going to eat it. I wouldn't play today. What are you talking about? Yeah. Humble had pie. A, this had a lot to do you know, with the Greg angle. You know, behind the curtain, we had a little stop down, and Greg could not mask his excitement for this oh. game. <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't help it. It's one of the, it is one of the subplots of the game that it's, Greg. It's what I was hates. saying. It's all he loves it. That's what I was saying. This is all entertainment. We needed West to win to fit the script again, so we get a couple of tomato cans that combine <laughs> for two right answers. Well, it's, he was a Seahawks fan and he got the Pete Carroll question the game wrong. Game is not I mean, going away, Greg. I'm right. guessing he got the Chris Matthews question. Greg he did get, get that right. Yeah. Eleven out of twelve for West. Great job, West. You are the champion. Uh, a round of applause, perhaps, TD, for uh, West after what a performance that was. How about of a, a round of applause <laughs> for uh, TD as well? Nice putting this all together. Nice job, nice job putting job, it TD. together, TD. You know, better contestants next time. In terms well, I mean, of, those uh, guys, I mean, competition. Again, doing the practice run, it's kind of like, you know, pre-game, gotcha. pre-draft drills. These guys come in and work out against cheers, and they look awesome, and then they flame <laughs> Are we out. totally overlooking the timekeeping element here? <laughs> oh, you did <laughs> an excellent job. I held that fort down without any issues. No hiccups. A tremendous job. Mark. Big shout-out to our guys, Sean and John, who are making this a video Wait, as well. So. Did you say Thank Sean you. and John? Sean John? Sean like and John. 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 Good nickname. Sean John, yeah. Sean John does the work. We should drop a little... Uh, the bad boy, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> drop it in there. <laughs> little bad boys for life. We ain't going. All right, so that's it. That's it for yeah, another edition of Win Wes's Toaster. Thank you for watching. Uh, we hope to bring this back to you in the future, and hopefully Wes gets challenged, and maybe that challenger is the man to my right, mm. Greg Rosenthal. A little tease from the Don King like of that. the game. Thank <laughs> you for watching. And that's it for the Around the NFL podcast as well. So we will be back on Monday with another week of shows. Uh, Wes, congratulations again. Thank you, Champion Reign Supreme signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, TD, and Sean John behind the glass. Until Monday. out there's a dedicated team ready to jump right into the middle of it you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. 